This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. Entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. It's Doc Thompson in for Glenn Beck. Thanks for joining me. If you want to join the program, it's 888-727-BECK or at Doc Thompson Show on Twitter is probably the best way to reach me. We've actually got a uh, terrorist situation unfolding right now. Um, it's stabilized and nobody has been injured at this point, but it is a standoff. The way we understand it, um, some hijackers, possibly as few as two, diverted a Libyan commercial plane to the island nation of Malta, which is only about 300 miles or so from Tripoli. They, it was diverted there by some people who are described as pro-Gaddafi, like Muammar Gaddafi, the longtime dictator of, of Libya. They're pro-Gaddafi. On the plane... 111 passengers. The gentleman had hand grenades. And by gentlemen, I mean dirt bags. Had hand grenades. Threatened to blow up the plane. Skyjacked it. Ended up flying to Malta. Once it landed, they began intense negotiations. It was pretty stressful, pretty traumatizing um, to a lot of people because, you know, your life's on the line. 75 passengers were allowed to leave. And then, a little while later, they negotiated the release of about 42 to 44 more. At this point, we're unsure exactly how many people remain as hostages on the plane, but there are some. Well, they have the crew members, and then they have what could be a couple of other passengers. And how'd you like to be those guys? No, I mean, it's bad enough to be in that situation, but you're like, oh, so I'm the guy that has to stick around. That's just swell. Everything's going wrong today. First, I get up late for work, and I go through the extra security at the airport. Oh, I forgot my charger, and now I'm the one that has to stay behind. Everybody else gets off the plane. Now, usually in those cases, maybe not so much in this case, but back in the day, skyjacking, uh, if, if you were one of the ones that, uh, that le- were left behind, you were usually Jewish and secondarily American. 
Those are the ones who they kept because you were the ones I wanted to punish most. Skyjacking? What kind of terrorists are these? That's not the world we live in now. This is so 80s. This is so 1970s. I just want you to know. Nobody skyjacks anymore. It's trucks, baby. No, it's not even truck bombs. It's trucks. Trucks is a weapon. Apparently, these knuckleheads didn't get the memo. You hijack a truck and you run it through a crowded place. Goofs. So at this point, there is still a standoff with the hijackers and authorities in Malta over those other crew members. Of course, we wish them the uh, the best, and we hope this ends up with uh, everybody being safe. It's interesting because they said they're pro Qaddafi, which Qaddafi's gone. He's dead. Do you remember? Right, he's dead. So I'm like, pro Gaddafi, okay, that just means they supported him and it's still people ideologically as a group that, you know, look to him as their their martyr. But Gaddafi also has kids. Yeah. There was one report that came out, it's unsubstantiated so far, but that one of the hijackers not only told the crew that he was pro Gaddafi, but that their demands may have been that one of Gaddafi's sons be released from prison. You know, I never even thought about that. So this jack wagon Gaddafi has kids in prison. And imagine if they let this guy out. Do you think they want to let him? Okay, we demand that you let him out of prison so then we can move to, all move to the suburbs and live a nice, quiet life. That's all we want. Just let him out so we could go about our nice, quiet, peaceful lives. He's going to be a florist. I'm going to be a chef. This guy over here is going to be an engineer. That's all we're going to do. No, they want him out so the guy can be a terrorist or at least a dictator. Those things are not mutually exclusive, as we know. This is particularly frustrating when I hear Gaddafi's name come up. Because... America's dealings with Muammar Gaddafi could be the poster child for our failures in the Middle East, our failures in dealing with terrorism, our failures with foreign policy. In fact, we're treating the situation in Syria not all that dissimilar as <laughs> we do the same things. And it's always a failure. What do we do? We take bad dudes, dictators, terrorists in many cases, and we say, hey, hey, that guy's got to go. He's not pro-American enough. And we overthrow the regime indirectly most of the time. Or we support the opposition backing them so they can overthrow him, right? Right. Or in some cases, when we say that guy's not pro-American enough, we say, We need you to be more pro-American. And he says, hell no. And we say, here's a bunch of money. And he says, I'm more pro-American. He's not actually more pro-American, but he says he is. So it looks good on the TV. Or if he doesn't and that new regime comes in, then they're more pro-American. Or they say they're more pro-American. And that's it. In some cases, they are more pro-American, but very few are like, we believe in America, we believe in the same values, free markets, personal freedoms, personal responsibility, these things. 
It's just them getting to be a dictator on some level as long as they don't cross certain lines. And then we look the other way. That's it. That's a little bit of that giving up some personal freedom and certainly some treasure for temporary safety. We've done it in the Middle East for decades in various countries, propping up regimes, and Muammar Gaddafi is a perfect example. Not all that dissimilar than Assad. They're our friend, they're not our friend, they're our friend, they're not our friend, they're our friend, they're not our friend. Osama bin Laden was our wink-wink friend for a while. Sure, absolutely. He was our friend for a while. And then he wasn't our friend, and everyone was like, well, he's not our friend anymore. And wow, now he's fighting against us, and up oh, 9-11. Muammar Gaddafi abused his own citizens like dictators always do. Living in the lap of luxury while strangling the country, and they lived in poverty. Raping and torturing and killing people. He is even likely responsible for the Lockerbie bombing. The flight over Lockerbie, Scotland, where Americans died. He was likely in league with terrorists that were responsible for the bombing of the Marine barracks in Lebanon. All of these things. And then at some point, he became our friend. Well, he helped us fight the war on terror. Do you remember that, 9-11? Do you remember when they literally one day came out and said, he's our friend now? They are, they are so used to playing this game with us. By they, I mean the dirtbag dirt uh, beltway insiders in D.C., the politician class, the elitists. They are so used to playing this game and manipulating us that they just threw it out there and everybody went, oh, okay, he's our friend now. There was not even a grace period of like, okay, there's like 15 years of him. Like, okay, he's doing a little bit better. Six months of, okay, he's, he's going to counseling now. He seems to be better. You know, he's gotten some help. He's in rehab. Yeah, we didn't even get the bullcrap celebrity excuse. You know, a celebrity like steals from a charity or something and they go to rehab. You're like, what are you going to rehab for? For your addiction to stealing from charities? No, I'm going to drug rehab. Do you have a drug problem? No, but I'm going to rehab. <laughs> you know that bullcrap thing? We didn't even get that. They literally just came out and said, he's a good guy now because he has been helping us fight the war on terrorism. And then the UN, the pathetic, impotent dirtbags at the UN said, we're going to put him on the Human Rights Council. Muammar Gaddafi. You remember the Marine barracks I just told you about? And the Lockerbie bombing and the raping and killing his own people and starving them and living in the lap of like Human Rights Council. The very Human Rights Council that dictates to the entire world what are and what are not human rights violations and suggests that they clean up their acts, including preaching to America about our human rights violations. Well, I guarantee you the worst places in America where people are having their human rights as the UN defines them violated are still worlds better than the best case scenarios under Muammar Gaddafi. And then at some point this 
standard bearer for human rights, Muammar Gaddafi, became a bad guy again. And we had to go in and kill him. <laughs> That's where we are. So now his son's there. So I don't know. Son a good guy or a bad guy? I mean, he's likely going to be, um, you know, similar to his father, the pro Gaddafi people, if they're backing him or backing him likely because it's similar ideology. I just don't know if he's a good guy or bad guy today. Who knows? America could come out, Obama could come out right now and go, you know, yeah, these two hijackers there, they're, they're hijacking to get Muammar Gaddafi's son out of jail. Muammar Gaddafi's such a good guy, and so is his son. Well, we can't condone the hijacking of the plane. We're going to go ahead and back them. That's what we do. So if you want to understand Syria, Assad, and all of that, it's the same old, same old. Obama has back and forth waffled on, on Assad. John Kerry had dinner with the dude a few years ago. That was when he was a swell guy. He and Teresa having dinner, Assad. So what's the solution? What's the solution? Hold them accountable, all of them. A strong leader that says when it comes to terrorism, we will secure the borders and we will profile based on things that look out of place, not simply because you are a race or a religion, but because you are out of place in certain scenarios. And we will use that one out of placeness to just pay it a little more attention and then we'll start adding them up. Is there something else out of place? Something else out of place? Okay, now we're investigating. We will share intel and information. We will stop spying on American citizens and focus our efforts elsewhere after having secured the border. We will make a strong foreign policy statement that says, with our friends, we will stand and we will be faithful and loyal and help them better their lives and their financial situation and help them stand uh, vigilant against terrorists and people that seek to do them harm. And then we act on it. We stop nation building instead of saying, if you follow our lead, assuming we get our act together, if you follow our lead based on a constitution that protects personal freedoms and free markets and demands personal responsibility, if you follow our lead, you'll be fine. You'll do well because that's what we did. And that's what got us to here. And we don't have those same struggles with dictators like Muammar Gaddafi. We don't have to worry about that. So follow our lead. Do it. Be our friend and we'll stand with you. If you are not our friend, if you just don't care either way, fine. Just stay out of our way. And if you're not our friend and you stand against us, it's going to be trouble. And in a nice way, you state that and make sure they know it. Then stand by your word. That's it. That's, that's the big picture. Of course, there's many specifics to it. We stop paying people to be our friends and say, if you are a friend, you will be our friend. Friends treat each other well. Friends don't sponsor terrorism against us. Friends communicate. We discuss. We think well of each other. We give each other the benefit of the doubt. If a friend comes to you and says something versus a person you don't know, a stranger or an enemy that says the same questionable thing. Wait a minute, did he threaten me there? With the friend, you're going to go, oh, he's a friend. He didn't obviously mean that. Even if he did, you give him the benefit of the doubt up front, right? Oh, oh, oh. 
But the stranger, the enemy, you come to it from a different position. That's what it's about. That's the solution. All right, uh, phone lines coming up. We'll also get those tweets at Doc Thompson Show. I have something wonderful to play for you in a couple of minutes, and I want to open up the phone lines and ask, at this time of the year as we head into Christmas weekend, what have people done for you in the last year or so that has really moved you or been an impact in your life? What have people done for you? Not what you've done for, for other people, but I want you to share something nice that somebody did for you. I think we could use that right now. And I'd like to hear the stories. I'm ready for Christmas. I'm ready for the spirit of Christmas. So what nice things have people done for you? Maybe it was anonymous. Maybe it's the, somebody you know. But if you would, please share that story with me. The number is 888-727-BECK. That's 888-727-BECK. Or tweet at the program. It's at Doc Thompson Show, and I'll share them on the air that way as well. Doc Thompson in on the Glenn Beck program. Glenn Beck program. 888-727-BECK. Mercury. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. The Glenn Beck Program. Hmm. Interesting how that works. Now I'm going through the the tweets here with uh, about things I've had on the show so far. People have learned some things as well. At, uh, let's see, Mike in upstate New York, he said, uh, if someone makes it onto a terrorism watch list, perhaps that person should be watched more carefully. Yes, that's right, Mike. That is part of the Doc Thompson plan. <laughs> you should be watched more carefully if you're on a watch list. Uh-huh, uh-huh. That's also called the common sense plan as well. <laughs> Only in government do you get people screwing such things up. Randy Clower at Doc Thompson Show. Why do we call them liberals instead of communists? We need to call it like it is. You know what, Randy? Thank you. Thank you for calling me out on that one. They really are. They really are. The only addendum to that, I would say, is in today's world, until we train people to understand what we're talking about, for effective communication, if I say communists, People automatically think to communist regimes, current or past. You don't think American communists. And if you do think American communists, you think people registered as part of the Communist Party. So as long as we can start educating people what, we're, you know, what we mean by that, so there's no confusion, I'm with you 100%, Randy. Very good. Justin Branchard uh, tweeted, hashtag what I learned today. The New Mexico Department of Health took a page out of the New Mexico VA playbook. <laughs> yeah, you're right. 
Apparently, the New Mexico Board of Health is just as effective as the New Mexico Veterans Administration. Then somebody named uh, at Doc Thompson Show tweeted, at least the New Mexico Department of Health is better than the old Mexico Department of Health. (laughs) I mean, they are better. I mean, I haven't done the research, but I'm going to go ahead and give it to them. If they're not, then it's I'm just going to assume that they're better than the old Mexico Department of Health. And then Mike, who's uh, helping to spin the dials radio style today, said, Doc, you're right about that, about nobody hijacks anymore, skyjacks anymore. And I was like, you're right. This would be the equivalent of robbing stagecoaches today. What are you doing? It's all about the trucks, baby. The big trucks. Go get them. The Glenn Beck Program. Doc Thompson in for Glenn today. Yesterday, while surfing around, I heard that music. I found a video of a person singing that song. And the girl you just heard is 10. Beautiful voice. Her version of that song has gone viral, too, on just Facebook I believe almost 2 million hits. And it's a beautiful song. And she does a beautiful job. But when you know the rest of the story, it makes it even more powerful. She is a 10-year-old girl from Ireland. She has autism and ADHD. And she struggled... In school, as a lot of children do that have ADHD or autism. She started school at uh, Killard House. This is a school in, in Ireland. And she was so shy as partially, at least, a result of her autism that she was unable to even really speak in class. I mean, she you know, wouldn't stand up in class and give any type of oral report or discuss things. She was that alone. And she started singing. She joined their choir. And her parents said it started doing her good. They started noticing the benefits, how it was helping her. And we've seen that before when you have children with, if it's ADHD, autism, different things, how finding something that they're good at, that is a gift they have, something that interests them, that you can break through sometimes. Autism is a very lonely condition, very lonely, because the child or person is, is withdrawn. They often don't want to be touched. They're, they're alone. They're, they're trapped. 
They're socially awkward as part of it. So finding something that they're good at or that they have a passion in is really important. That's sometimes the gateway to get through to them. And singing has helped her immensely. To the point that she stood up and gave a solo performance. Now she's backed up by the rest of the choir on the hallelujah part. But she's standing alone by herself out in front of all of them. And when you hear her voice, you're going to realize what her gift is. Again, this is a 10-year-old girl with autism and ADHD singing hallelujah. Listen to this.
She's 10. She has autism. Wouldn't even speak in front of class. Wouldn't, wouldn't talk to anybody when she started the school. And not only was she able to stand and do that and do it so well, that her parents said that it's helped her and she has been thrilled to see how many people have, have watched this online. I think on Facebook it's just shy of 2 million now. I posted it to the Blaze's Facebook page. It's just the facebook.com slash the Blaze. And I did it to mine as well, facebook.com slash Doc Thompson Show. And I posted it out on Twitter as well. I say maybe we get a few more million hits for her. I think that would probably be pretty nice. I tend to believe that everybody, no matter how much you struggle, no matter what difficulties you have, no matter how little you have to offer, that everybody has a talent or talents, that everybody has something that they do very well. May not be easily recognizable. Maybe they never pursue it. Maybe it's hidden their entire life, but everybody gets certain gifts from God. Certain gifts that can be used to help other people. Despite what her struggles have been, and despite what her parents' struggles have been, I think we all recognize one of her gifts. It's Doc Thompson on the Glenn Beck program. Glenn Beck. The fusion of entertainment, entertainment. and enlightenment. The Glenn Beck program. Mercury. Sign up for the newsletter and get all the info you need to know at glenbeck.com. So help me if I find out this is a fake news story. If I find out this is fake news, that may be the thing that finally pushes me over the edge. <laughs> that I don't think I could take it if I find out that this is a fake news one. Well, we had the question about the, the Santa Claus, the, uh, when the kid who died in Santa Claus's arms. Remember we had that story early and then there was a question, is it fake news? And they said, no, it's not fake news. And it was fake news and it wasn't fake news. And I'm not sure I ever fully understood. If I find out this one is, this is where I, um, I just hang it all up and I move to a cabin in the woods somewhere all alone, never to speak to anybody else. I don't think I can handle this one. It has been a particularly rough year for me. A lot of people had a rough year, really rough year with Multiple deaths in the family, including my father, and uh, some struggles at work, which I talked about on my show this morning, and just about every other aspect of my life, it's been difficult. Now, I'm not saying that uh, for sympathy. I'm just letting you know it's been a real struggle, arguably the worst year of my life. It's been pretty awful. And over the past couple of weeks, knowing that there is a light at the end of the tunnel because the new year is coming, not just because it's the new year, but that actually is... Uh, what a bunch of change is going to happen. A bunch of good things happening here at the company that we've been waiting for and so on and so forth. So that's been great. 
But when I stumbled across this video last night of this little girl singing, first of all, it was beautiful. And then second of all, reading her story, she was my, she has been my Christmas miracle. It's a small one, but it is. It's a bit of a miracle for her and her family and what they're, you know, experiencing now and how this has helped her. And it's been a bit of a a Christmas miracle for me because I simply cannot hear her sing that song without tearing up. And it, in a matter of about 60 seconds last night, brought a whole bunch of my struggle with faith on top of all the other problems for the last year back very quickly. In a matter of (laughs) 60 seconds, I was getting the whole picture again. It's pretty amazing. So here you got this little girl in Ireland who struggles like this and busts out a song and has no idea that she's going to touch and help people all around the world. And me, struggling for an entire year in 60 seconds, brings a whole lot of my faith back. Absolutely amazing. The Lord does work in mysterious ways. Tom, uh, what is that? Dart tweeting at Doc Thompson Show. Man, it's dusty in here all of the sudden. Wow. I, and you know, Tom, I think it's all of the construction here at the Mercury Studios Dallas that is, uh, is uh, causing all of the dust in here as well. We got Todd Crown at Doc Thompson Show. Moved to tears. What an amazing voice. I hope you mean hers and not mine. I think I do. Yeah, he might be my amazing voice. You know what, Todd? I'm going to assume you mean both of us. How about that? The Steve 1242, apparently at Doc Thompson Show, is obsessed with making people cry today. I don't know, obsessed. I don't know. I would say doing the job. I mean, you've come to expect certain things from this radio program. It's the Glenn Beck program. You expect the, the host to break down and cry every so often. I have done that. It's on the checklist. You expect uh, the host to make the uh, audience cry every so checklist. You expect a uh, pudgy, pasty white guy uh, checklist done. Good. Yeah, like uh, two months ago, I could uh, poke the poke fun at Glenn a little bit for putting on a couple of pounds, but not anymore because uh, I put on a couple of pounds myself. Okay, we got uh, David tweeting at Doc Thompson Show. That song filled my heart with joy and love for her. Goosebumps. Libertarian tweeting at Doc Thompson Show. People have such a misconception about autism. They picture Rain Man, but it's so much more nuanced and subtle than that. You're right. Um, it's, it can be a very lonely. It's very difficult for the people that, that love the child or the, the person who's become an adult having lived with autism. It's difficult for them. And all you want to do is help, but nobody knows how to fully help. We can help in little ways and do whatever. Um, and we know music at times helps as well. It's gotten through to, to people. But um, finding that gift, that's, that's really important. All right. Uh, we do have some of your calls coming up. It's uh, 888-727-BECK or tweet at Doc Thompson Show. So I want to talk a little bit about something nice that somebody's done for you. What has somebody done nice for you in the last year that really made a difference? Maybe it was one of those subtle things. I find that at times, sometimes a very small little gesture not even a big effort or expensive or time-consuming. Something very small, timed right, has done me a world of good. Something that I really appreciate. So I want to hear from you. Not what you've done for somebody, but at this time of year, what has somebody done for you? Maybe something that was selfless. 
Your call's next. Doc Thompson on the Glenn Beck Program. Glenn Beck. Mark. 